Good evening. This is Peter Hammond in the studio for Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Africa Christian Action has been running Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg for over 26 years. And we praise God for that privilege, that opportunity. Today we are dealing with human trafficking. And we've just passed Monday when we had an outreach last week uh, dealing with the trafficking situations and awareness campaigns against human trafficking in the shopping malls. In the studio with me is Tersha de Klerk. Welcome, Tersha. Thank you, Peter. Nice to be here. And you gave an introduction to some of the work of Stop Before, but in case there's any of our listeners now who didn't hear before, just give us an understanding of what Stop stands for and what you do. Thank you, Peter. Yes. So Stop stands for Stop Trafficking of People. And we are a proudly South African nonprofit organization based on biblical principles. And we exist to combat all aspects of human trafficking. And we do that through mainly preventative awareness, uh, advocacy and support. And our main focus is prevention because only up to 2% of victims are ever saved. And that is why we at Stop Believe that we have to focus on prevention. And that is why we've developed programs that we uh, introduce in schools and it's all age appropriate from pre-primary, primary through to high school. So yes, so prevention is our, our main focus. Which is what we were really trying to do this uh, last Women's Day on 9th of August. And by God's grace, we had 75 volunteers mm. in 12 teams conducting yeah. outreaches in 12 separate areas of the Cape, yeah. as far field as Worcester and Stellenbosch University campus. And we had three busy traffic intersections, and we were in Green Market Square, Long Street, Seapoint Promenade. And amazingly, seven shopping malls were gracious enough to allow us to set up displays and hand yes. out literature, which yes. we can't take for granted, but that's excellent. Now, the goal, of course, was information, mm. and we distributed thousands of leaflets and uh, including gospel books. There's some places people came and asked for Bibles and New Testaments. And we even mm -hmm. had joy of counseling and praying with a number of people on the streets and in shopping malls. So all that was great. But some yes. people may say, well, why in the shopping malls? I mean, that's one place you know you're safe. There can't be any danger of any trafficking in a shopping mall, yes. right? No. <laughs> so how can there possibly be trafficked people in Cape Town even in a shopping mall? I mean, surely that's not possible in 2021. Yes, so a lot of people will definitely say that. But I like to say that nowadays we have modern shackles, and the modern shackles is fear. And besides that, human trafficking is a hidden crime. So it is something that is not very obvious in many cases. For example... You do have human trafficking cases happening in homes, such as mothers who prostitute out their own daughters. And then you have cases of labor trafficking where foreigners are employed in shops, in, in shopping malls. And because we as the public don't really engage with these people properly, we just go in and out to, to shop but we do not actually engage with them properly and ask questions 
and like where they come from and what they do and what it. their family life is and so on. Exactly, exactly. And with many of those victims, they cannot actually answer those questions properly or directly. And that is already a red flag. So for us, we believe that in many of these shopping malls, there are especially foreigners that are being exploited for their labor. And we find that in South Africa, when it comes to human trafficking, labor trafficking is one of the extreme cases. So these could be foreign people who are brought here under false pretenses, think they're going to get this or that kind of job. The next thing, the passport's taken away from them and they're told that you've got to now pay back the cost of bringing you over here and your accommodation and everything else and they end up yes. finding themselves in a virtual indentured slavery situation where they're not really being paid for their work. Uh, yes. they've, they've been brought to a situation where they separate from their support structure, their family, their friends, their neighbours, and so they're far more vulnerable in a yes. foreign situation. And sometimes there's a communications gap, language gap, and here these people are basically at the mercy of um, whoever mm. their hosts or recruits mm. are, mm. and uh, they don't see any way out, and they are warned if you go to the police, you could be in trouble because you're here illegally or something like that. Yes, so exactly. So there's, there's, there's a whole series of scenarios, and some of the people could be trafficked into prostitution or sexually orientated businesses, others mm. into labour slavery. Mm. What other forms of slavery could there be? Well, you've now touched on bonded labour. So bonded labour is when a victim is forced to work for low wages um, to pay off basically an impossible debt, such as the accommodation, the travelling costs, etc. And then we also have um, organ harvesting, which actually speaks for itself, um, the illegal trade of human organs. Um, then we have forced begging. Now, now just to stop there for a moment, because <laughs> I don't think most people fully comprehend what you're talking about with organ harvesting. A person needs a transplant. They need a kidney or some mm. liver, heart, whatever. Mm. And, uh, well, if you are in a free country, you might be waiting months or years to get a donor from, uh, obviously, in many cases... It would be one who's died in a traffic accident. There's a match, and uh, they've got to quickly wheel you in at short notice and, and take it and, and insert it. But in China, for example, mm. you can go there, and in a matter of weeks, days, or hours, they mm. can find you the right match. And mm. it, because they're talking about now in China, something like over 100,000 organ transplants a year, there's no way you can have that many willing donors. Exactly. And what... Uh, has been proven is that they're literally whipping out of unwilling uh, concentration camp or prison inmates, whipping out uh, an organ like, you know, mm. oh, liver, heart, whatever it's mm. is needed, kidney, and they, in most cases, don't bother to patch up the donor because donor's literally discarded. Yes. He's He's a prisoner, he's got no rights, and he's just used for organ harvesting. And people mm. from outside don't realise where it's coming from. Mm. They just mm. think, oh, this is great. I don't have a long wait. And mm. uh, and this is a colossal industry in China. But yes. could that happen in South Africa, organ harvesting? Oh, we have reason to believe that it does. However, more prevalent in South Africa is organ harvesting happens for muti purposes. Mostly. So somebody's hitchhiking along the road to get a lift 
they get chloroformed or something and before they know it, they might wake up minus a kidney or something? Or is it more than that? They don't wake up at all. Their body is <laughs> harvested for various ingredients for witchcraft purposes. Yes, it's, it's, it would be far more wider than that, definitely. And then we must not forget, unfortunately, um, of our innocent babies as well. Um, so should I move on to a more comfortable <laughs> well, <laughs> topic? Uh, I mean, this, this, this may shock people to think that mm. this could happen today because uh, I wasn't aware of mm. organ harvesting till very recently. That yes. literally they, you know, we've had a transplant in a family, but that was one yes. family member giving a kidney to another family member. Yes. The idea of involuntary organ harvesting, mm. it's just incomprehensible mm. to most people. They surely mm. not, not mm. in the 21st century, but... Sadly, it's colossal in China, and it's probably in other places too. Most definitely. But in South Africa, mostly for muti purposes. Witchcraft yeah. purposes, right. That's so, right. Um, and um, as somebody who spent a lot of time hitchhiking on the road in the past, mm. uh, I do need to warn people that many of these victims are people who are hitchhiking, and they're just easy to pick up, and before you know it, they could be who knows what. Because yeah. you've got... You've got no real uh, vulnerable. You're completely vulnerable. You've got no real protection out yes, there in the road yes. hitchhiking. And it might have been safer or I might have just been very blessed and protected by the angels uh, because I did 140,000 kilometers hitchhiking in the early years of this ministry. Uh, yeah. But um, I've heard of a lot of people who run away from home, hitchhiked, never seen again. And many mm. of them might end up mm. either in a slavery situation or in a mm. organ harvesting situation. Yes, Yes, exactly. So that's that's probably the most shocking of them all, but there's mm. other means of human trafficking. Yes, so so the most common or most well-known ones would be um, sex trafficking and then labor trafficking. And then we must remember that under sex trafficking would also fall um, child trafficking. A lot of the children are um, not only used for labor trafficking but also for sexual exploitation. And we must remember that with with human trafficking, transport is not required. So it can happen either through force or being misled or being uh, coerced or manipulated um, into performing a commercial sex act. And then we also have forced marriage, which is very prevalent, as I'm sure you know, Peter, with your missionary work in Africa but forced marriage is also quite prevalent in South Africa, which they call ukutwala. And that is actually something that has been, it's a traditional practice which has been distorted through the years, where normally an abduction would take place for an arranged marriage. Um, but nowadays, abductions taking place without um, agreement. So sometimes it could have been that a parent sells an unwilling child for what they're going to get, labola or something, and uh, the child may say no, uh, mm. but the parent says you will, and uh, it's done, and there might be an economic incentive. But then it could be complete strangers. That's right. It, it can happen uh, with, without the consent of the parents even. So that does happen, yes. So let me just see. Okay, so... Of course, so when they speak about uh, a marriage like that, that's no marriage at all, really. It's, it's yeah. actually kidnapping. Exactly. Well, technically, abduction. Abduction? That, yes. So we, we need to remember with kidnapping, 
um, there would be a ransom required. Right. Whereas yes. abduction, there's no intention of getting a ransom. They're just abducting them for the purpose of exploitation. That's correct, yes. Yeah. We need, we need to get more specific in our terminology because I think <laughs> we're sometimes a bit sloppy there. Yeah. So we're talking about being tricked, seduced or deceived, transported mm. to another city or across borders to other countries or out of the mm. area of support base, mm. trapped mm. maybe by physical force or by being drugged into submission mm. or by death threats or removal of passports mm. and Used, tricked, transported, trapped, used, exploited, usually for humiliating purposes, one way or the other. Mm. And so uh, all trafficking of people involves tricking, transporting, trapping and using. Yes. So we've actually, with the um, the PACO tipped Act, it's actually taken transportation out of the description of human trafficking so for something to be described as human trafficking transportation is no longer necessary right it's common but it's not that's correct sometimes it might be in so a person Mm. might actually be in a slavery situation close Mm. to where they were born exactly just in your neighborhood in your own home being prostituted out by a parent or a caregiver Unbelievable, really, to think that's a thing can happen. That's right. So that is exactly it is happening, and that's where the coercion and the force comes in, and where the modern day shackles come in, of which I call fear. Um, It's no longer shackles and um, doesn't necessarily physical chains. Yes, might be drugs. That's right. The chains now are, as you say, it's. It's either taking away your identification documentation, it is fear, um, it is threats of your family or your own life. Um, so these these stories are real, and we find that so many of people out there, when they hear the words human trafficking, they think of children being grabbed and abducted from school or going missing in from a park. Those do happen, most definitely, but that is the minority of human trafficking. That's the sort of thing that might hit the newspaper headlines. Exactly that. But the other ones are taking place without uh, any kind of notice in the media as such. Exactly, and that is what we really want to try and emphasize to people out there, that we all need to be more vigilant and more awake and more willing to just give those few extra minutes when we communicate with someone. Um, One of the other forms of human trafficking in South Africa is um, begging, um, especially children who are begging. Many of those children are forced into that situation and myself have, has been, I've been very guilty of um, shunning them, but Many of those children, if they don't go back home with food or with money, they get punished. So they are being forced, their vulnerability is being used against them, and they're being forced into that situation to beg, um, to feed an adult mostly. Now, I've actually seen just down the road here, close to Rondebosch Common, a big boy taking a small boy and 
literally grabbed him by his ankles and shake him while all the money fell out of his pockets. Literally upside down, shake, mm -hmm. shaking him down, literally. And it was quite clear that uh, I was vehicle caught in traffic on the way through. Mm. I was just seeing this by the side of the road and thinking, so that little kid who's often here begging must be controlled by that bigger boy. Yes. And uh, he probably doesn't get to keep virtually anything of what he's begged. Mm. And mm. he's coerced. Now, when I was in mm. Eastern Europe, I remember reaching down some uh, deformed gypsy child who was begging to put something in a bowl. And my local Albanian Christian host held my arm and said, no, you can't do this. He said, these parents literally will uh, break legs, uh, cripple their own children to make mm. them more pitiful that they can be more effective in begging. I thought, what oh parent could ever do that? Mm. But apparently this happens. Mm. And uh, to have learned about this kind of... Uh, and then Bill Baffin said, oh, in India. And he gave stories about the professional beggars in India. Mm. And, and literally where uh, a relative might might cripple them for making them more effective beggars. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. said to support this is actually criminal. You you, you can't. Uh, and there mm -hmm. are solutions. So, you know, we're driving past. We see someone looks pitiful. We want to help. And, of course, the worst thing we could do is actually just give them money. Yes. To give food is one thing many of us do. But yes. when we've stopped with um, <clears throat> some of our outreaches and we've gone out and we've engaged with people on uh, at the traffic lights, obviously when it's not busy, mm -hmm. talking to them, finding out what's going on, to find out where they came from and so on, and mm -hmm. how many came from Rwanda, that was amazing, and, and getting their ages and details. Very interesting, but it's far more responsible to get them into an organization, like whether it's the ARC or uh, Salvation Army, or some group that's going to take them in and mm -hmm. rehabilitate and help them. But mm -hmm. just, just giving money out of a car window is not helpful. No. Uh, giving some... Food may help in the short term, but mm. the only real thing is a community or congregation uh, ministry approach of actually dealing with the people as, as a whole body, mind and spirit. Most is definitely. I do agree. That's I agree that communities need to, to stand together. And one of the best um, entities obviously would be churches, for example. However, I would also encourage people to contact the uh, National Human Trafficking Hotline mm -hmm. because if there's a syndicate involved, there is that possibility of a congregation or a community supporting these children. However, one also cannot take the law into your own hands and there are procedures to follow and to get that ball rolling, I really want to encourage people out there to memorize the National Human Trafficking Hotline number. It's our South African human trafficking number. And if you see a situation like that, or if you see children in a specific vicinity often, please report it to that hotline. And the number is very easy to memorize. It's zero. 800-222-777. Yeah, that's easy to remember. 0800-222-777. That's so, it. 0800-222-777. That's it. Perfect. Easy to remember, mm. indeed. And uh, it's, so, 0800 or 0800-222-777. Yes. So, Perfect. getting with the National 
anti-human trafficking hotline. That's one practical thing we can do. What else can we do practically? Engage with people. <laughs> I know that we Meaning all... Meaning asking in questions. A, yes. So we're all rushing from point A to point B. But just try and engage with people, especially when you're in a shop. For instance, what we find especially... And prevalent is in these um, cell phone accessory shops and um, where you find a lot of foreigners working, for instance. Just try and engage with them. Ask, with the, ask them simple questions such as, where do you live? Um, uh, where's your family? And you would see by how they answer whether they are actually sure of or, their answers. Answer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, in that way, one can actually uh, red flag a possible situation. And what you can then do is phone that National Human Trafficking Hotline and you can do it anonymously and just give them the details and they can take it further and investigate. So just a few statistics, and you can correct me if they're wrong, but according to the National Center for Justice and Rule of Law, between 28,000 and 38,000 children are currently being prostituted in South Africa. Does that sound possible to you? It does sound possible, yes. Up to 38,000. I mean, that's children we talk about. Mm -hmm. So that, that's mm -hmm. staggering. There's other statistics here where we mm -hmm. uh, get on the International Labour Organization believes there's over 40 million people who are victims of modern-day slavery. Yes, across globally. 40 million worldwide. Yes. And... Most traffic victims are girls between 5 to 15 years old. Mm. 5 to 15. Mm. 1.2 million children are trafficked each year, according to UNICEF. Mm. 1.2 million children every year. And they say that this is a multi-billion dollar industry, which yes. is, again, staggering yes. to think that that's possible. Mm. Another one of freetheslaves.net says that 161 member states of the United Nations are involved in human trafficking. So oh, definitely. I can believe that. That's that's <laughs> just staggering because most people would have thought, but slavery, that died out in the days of William Wilberforce 20 years ago. Mm. I mean, how can you still have slavery today? Mm. And yet mm. I believe we may have more slaves in the world today than we had back in 1807 when the slave trade was outlawed. Most definitely which is, again, staggering. It just shows yes. that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and evidently mm -hmm. the church has not been too vigilant. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm concerned that at this time that we've been awfully distracted with this pandemic, panic, paran paranoia, propaganda, mm. lockdown, lunacy, masquerade, mania, and in the <laughs> meantime, but how many people wearing those masks mm. could be trafficked or being trafficked at that time or be traffickers? Mm -hmm. And it looks to me that... This has been not just a joy for bureaucrats and hypochondriacs, but uh, for traffickers, this masquerade must be very convenient and helpful for their it nefarious is. actions. Mm. Most definitely, because we also have to remember that with the lockdown, so many more people are spending time indoors and so many more people, including children, are spending time online. And the traffickers absolutely love luring youngsters in online and that is something that we find has actually increased during this pandemic time so parents need to be more awake 
and more involved in their children's activities online mm. because that is where um, one of the biggest dangers lie, most definitely. So on Monday the 9th of August on National Women's Day, it was the 26th year that we've been running Women's Day outreaches. Africa Christian Action has been mobilizing into shopping malls over the last 26 years. Mm. And uh, just reading leaflets, putting up stalls, getting people signed up who want to learn more. And uh, this year we had a lot of creativity. At mm. Stellenbosch University, a team actually uh, built a sort of cage box situation with a for sale sign and had someone in it to to demonstrate uh, in a, a graphic way uh, the trafficking of people that we need to make a stand against and there were all kinds mm -hmm. of initiatives some people donated flowers and chocolates and fudge to be donated to a woman passing by on Women's Day which was very nice and attracted people to tables mm -hmm. uh, other people uh, were involved in going and doing surveys especially along Seapoint Promenade on the streets, we were doing a lot of distribution counselling and got some very good responses. But one of the shocking responses was we actually had at Athlone a man walk up to the table and smirk and say, um, you know, I'm a pimp, I traffic in girls just like the ones you're talking about here. And the people at the table said they were convinced he was serious. And I said, surely he's joking. They said, he looked dead serious to them. And, well, even if he was joking, it's... Trafficking is no joking matter. Mm. It's a serious point. But do you think that's possible that we could be meeting with the trafficking type people even in shopping malls? Peter, I must say that is the first time that I've come across a story like that. I think what might be causing it is the fact that they don't have fear because they know that the justice system unfortunately in our, our country is not as good as it should be. Mm. I think that is the biggest problem. Uh, but having said that, we we do have our hotline that works very close with the Hawks and the Hawks have been doing an absolute amazing job. But yes, that is absolutely scary mm. how um, someone like that can be proud of it it might be that this person has such a warped understanding of life and liberty that he might have been in this industry for so long that his conscience is absolutely seared um, tremendously. And we also find that, for instance, with, with children who have been in trafficking for far too long, they actually do end up becoming traffickers themselves and the abused, sad things become abusers exactly and the sad thing about it is that yeah you know, the children are just so extremely vulnerable and that is why we we want people to invite us to come and do these um, programs at their schools to right, teach so the kids how can a person contact you and get um, uh, invite a team to come and speak at their school Yes, so they can actually, they can phone us or to make it easier, they can even WhatsApp us. Our number is 081-720-7181. So it's 081-720-7181. Stop it. Trafficking of People, S-T-O-P. That's it. Also, you can go on the 
frontline on the christianaction.org.za website and you will see reports on the recent outreaches and other missions and more. And we've got a whole range of resources you can use like the Traffic Proof SA leaflet that you can download and it's available in color or in black and white if you want to print them out electronically online. And we are also linking to some resources that can help you educate your congregation or youth group. For example, there's Nefarious. The Nefarious documentary is a very good expose. It's run, done by Christians who are on the ground and it's worldwide. Nefarious, absolutely excellent. You can actually view it online as well. And uh, there is the Whistleblower book by Catherine Bolkovac, which exposes uh, the involvement of the UN in Bosnia in human trafficking. Uh, a very dramatized Hollywood version taken with Liam Neeson that just dramatized the fact that there is the classic abduction situations that we mentioned. And so we need to know about that. There's another uh, drama, a Christian drama called Trade of Innocence. Yes. With Mia Silvano involved, very good, outstanding. Uh, so those are some resources which you can learn about uh, on the ChristianAction.org.za website, and it's in this traffic-proof uh, leaflet. Uh, anything else from your side, Tertia, before we wrap up? Yes, thank you, Peter. Something that just stood out to me now is that when it comes to our children, so many of these children do not realize that what is being done to them is wrong, it's a crime, and it's not their fault. And just having said that, that is why our hearts at Stop Trafficking of People is to get into the schools and to do these fun interactive programs with them. So right. Age-appropriate, important, but prevention exactly. is better than cure. So yes. invite, uh, let's see what you can do to organize presentations at your school. Remember, stop trafficking of people, 081-720-7181, and also visit the christianaction.org.za website. Thank you so much. God bless, and good night from Salt and Light. Until next week. <laughs>